When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Ah, the sounds of summer. Can it get any better? Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Discover the unforgettable sensations of the Lexus Performance lineup. Explore the possibilities of a Lexus at the Golden Opportunity sales event. Now through September 6th. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hello, and welcome in to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I say it every week because every week it's true. We have a jam-packed show for you today. On the docket, we're doing a deep dive all about that very bizarre summer house reunion. What is going on between Lindsay and Paige? This week, we're going to have Dax Holt and Adam Glynn from Hollywood Raw join the pod. They are hilarious. They spent quite a lot of time at TMZ, so the stories they have are unbelievable, and they are very funny, so make sure you stick around for that. I also want to mention, um, as you guys know, you may not know. I record my podcast episodes on Wednesday. And I know that the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills comes out, you know, tonight as I'm recording this. So it's not going to be included in this episode, but keep your eye out because we are going to do a bonus episode. It's going to come out this Friday and we will recap the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It's going to be a good one. I'm very excited. I've seen some clips of it already online, and it looks very intense. But let's go ahead and get into your pop three. These are the biggest stories of the week. Of course, we have to start with Chris Shell and G Flip. Just want to brag about being right because it's not often that I am. I was correct in the G Flip prediction. Last week on the pod, I predicted that Chriselle would announce her relationship with G Flip at the Selling Sunset reunion. That she did. And here we are. Chriselle has been very active on social media the past week, making jokes about adopting a kid. They didn't, by the way. It was just a joke. Chriselle was giving G tattoos, being in music videos. Let me just preface by saying this might be my most controversial take ever, ever. And I say it with love and light in my heart, okay? I think Chriselle's full of it. I think she's full of it. After watching the reunion, I flipped on Jason because you guys know that I thought Giselle was a fake relationship. Watching Jason cry, Jason doesn't cry. And then I thought, well, maybe, maybe I got some things crosswired. And maybe it was real for Jason, but not as real for Chriselle as she is portraying 
that it was. And here's why I say that. And I want to be so abundantly clear. This doesn't have anything to do with preference, okay? It doesn't. It has to do about the state of life that both of these partners are in, the differences and the similarities and why their relationship is being treated differently. You do not break up with someone over one specific reason. What was the reason that Chriselle broke up with Jason? We all know it was presented to us as Jason didn't want to have a baby. Honestly, right then and there. It was like, if you don't want a baby now, I'm 40. I have to make decisions for my life moving forward. Okay. And that is a valid reason to break up with somebody. Unless you then go and date someone who does not want a kid right now. It makes no sense. G Flip 27, a rock star traveling the world, partying, does not want a kid right now. In what world? Do you break up with somebody over one very specific reason and then go date somebody else who who feels the same way about the same subject that you just broke up with the last person for? It makes no sense. This is also controversial. I don't trust Chriselle. I got bad vibes on the reunion. There are a lot of blind items about her, which of course, grain of salt, you always got to take the blind items with a grain of salt. A lot of rumors about some stuff that went down when she was on Dancing with the Stars, a lot of other things about her relationship with her ex-husband, Justin, could be deep dive worthy next week, just saying. Um, She said in the episode when she was talking about being in G's music video, I love acting. And I was like, yeah, you do, Chriselle. We know you love acting, Chriselle. You have to remember, Chriselle comes from the world of soap operas. So it's not even just, oh, I I would like to act. I think it's fun. No, she's an actress on soap operas, the most <laughs> dramatic shows that you could possibly have, you know, second to reality TV. So I don't know. I just find it all very interesting. And and like I said, you know, I, I've been very harsh in my stance that I thought Chishel was a fake TV showman. So of course, you know, last week we did the deep dive about how Adam DeVillo, he created the Hills, he created Laguna Beach. Um, now we know there are handfuls of examples of fake storylines on that show. So why isn't it the same for Selling Sunset? I personally think it is. But after watching Jason like choke up and cry, it's like, I don't know. Did Chriselle like use him as a storyline? Because it was the main storyline. You know, she was the center of attention besides Christine. And to break up with someone for one sole reason and then the next person you date to have that same stance, it just really doesn't make sense. So we will see how this plays out. It's very, very interesting. <gasps> Ooh! drama. Okay, let's move on to headline number two. Scott Disick was seen with Corinne Olympios over the weekend. This made me giggle. I was giggling. Scott Disick seen with former Bachelor Nation member Corinne Olympios. You remember Corinne. She was on Nick Vile season. He who shall not be named. 
She got in trouble for like taking naps during rose ceremonies and she was just wild. (laughs) And I miss her. And the two were spotted. They left Miami Steak at 2 a.m. on Sunday morning. Now, look, I don't know what this means, if it even means anything, but I just would love to see this reality TV crossover. Imagine us seeing Corinne Olympios, for whatever reason, on the new Kardashians. You know, even in this last episode last week, Scott was talking about how he wanted to date somebody more age appropriate. Corinne's like 30. So closer. It's no different than Kim and Pete. I don't know why I love the idea so much, but I do. And I feel like they would be good together. Like they're both kind of sarcastic. They're both kind of, they're both funny. They both like to go out and have a good time. I just feel like they could be really something. Now they might just be friends, but what fun is it to speculate on people who are just friends? It's no fun at all. Um, and rounding out our pop three this week, let's get into some Joe Millionaire tea. Steven and Kala from Joe Millionaire have split. So if you didn't watch Joe Millionaire, it's still juicy. So listen, there were two guys. One was a millionaire. Steven was a millionaire and Kurt was not. The girls had to date both of them, not knowing which one had the money. And then at the end, they have to pick, you know, which one they like the most. So Steven picked Kala. They just announced on Instagram that they broke up. They both shared a statement. Got to read a statement. You know, once a pod, I got to do it. So here we go. And this one is long. Lord Jesus almighty help us. Okay, here we go. This was shared on both of their Instagrams. Hey guys, wanted to fill y'all in so questions, comments, and concerns can be answered. Unfortunately, Cal and I have mutually decided to end our relationship. This isn't an easy decision as we really gave this a legitimate shot. Sadly, we are two different people that just couldn't make our lives work together. Relationships are tough already. Add starting a relationship off after a reality TV show and it makes things about 100 times harder. It continues. Obviously, with any breakup, there are intense emotions on each side, but I will not be getting into a war of words or making any further comments on anything between us out of respect for her and the relationship we had. She is an incredible woman with so much going for her, and I'm lucky to have had the opportunity to not only meet, but also date her. Great memories and learning lessons I'll carry with me forever. Guys, I know I called them both goons, which they are, but Steven is like a sweetie pie. It's three pages long, so I'm not going to read it, but he did end it like this. Um, He said, P.S. There's no need to text, DM, message photos to us about each other, saying things like, can you believe this is what he or she is doing? Look at he or she's with. He says that has never and will never make someone going through a breakup feel better. (laughs) He ends with, thanks, y'all. Thanks, y'all. What do you do after you dated a millionaire? Like, can you go back to the regular, you know, swamp of gentlemen at your local dive bar on Friday nights? Like, I I just don't see how you can do that. Um, one of my followers not too long ago sent me something that Kala was doing where she was asking people to Venmo her $15 to be her close friends on Instagram. And you would get exclusive content, like see her skincare routine, her wardrobe, whatever. In the moment, I was like, sis, you are dating a millionaire. Don't be out here asking people to Venmo you $15 to see your Zara skirt on Instagram. But the more I thought about it, you know, I'm a hustler. 
I like to make the bag. She's hustling, trying to make her bag, get it on your own. So I won't be a subscriber, but best of luck to you, Kala, um, on that close friends tab. Let's talk about Kurt, the other goon, for a second, because I teased something on my Instagram a couple weeks ago. Kurt DM'd me. Kurt DM'd me. When I tell you, I saw the blue check mark, the unread message from Kurt, of all people, after everything I've said about them on my Instagram stories. Let's be honest. I mostly just said that they are goons. They are goons. I would say it to their face. Kurt sends me a message that says, hi, Morgan. And I'm like, <gasps> for some reason, at first, I thought he was flirting with me. And then I'm like, Morgan, get real. Get with the program. He's not flirting with you. So I said, hi, Kurt. Hello. Hello, Kurt. What does he want from little old Morgan P. Talks? I remember, and I forgot about this, but I had asked both Kurt and Steven to come on the pod. I got to shoot my shot, you know? And it was like, yes, Kurt messaged me four months later, but at least he responded. And I, and he's, he's asking me about the pod and I was like, we would, I would love to have you. That's not how it went. He's asking me about the pod. I said, yes, reality TV, pop culture, super fun, lighthearted. Like you just do the thing. And he's like, well, are you still interested in having me on? I was like, absolutely. Ghosted. Never responded to me after that. And I was like, I'm just letting it go. I am just letting it go. Okay, okay. Let's decompress. We are going to get into a deep, deep dive about that summer house reunion. Why does Paige hate Lindsay? I think I have the answer and I'll tell you next. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Okay, now is the time in the pod where we do our deep dive. Every single week on my Instagram at Morgan P Talks, I open up the floodgates for y'all biscuits to come flooding in, and I love every second of it. I ask you, what do you want to know more about? What do you want me to get the shovel and start digging for? And the overwhelming majority was the Summer House reunion. Yes, I said on my Instagram story that I was making the executive decision to talk about the Summer House reunion, but you guys had a lot of questions anyway. So let's go to this week's listener question. It's from Megan. Hey, Morgan. This is Megan from Nova Scotia, Canada. I need your thoughts on the Summer House reunion. What's going on with Paige and Lindsay? And what do you think of Paige since she started dating Craig? I love your podcast and your page, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Love you like a sis. Megan, I love you like a sis. Let me just say, my Canada girlies are coming through. USA peeps, you got to step your game up because right now I'm thinking about moving to Canada because last week, number six on the entertainment news charts in Canada... I was number like 14, 13, 14 in the USA. So I'm moving. All right, let's get into Summer House. Trigger warning. We are talking about miscarriages, specifically Lindsay's miscarriage. I know it could be a very sensitive subject. And if you're going through something right now, just know that I love you like a sis, okay? And we're going to talk about Summer House. In the first portion, 
The big topic of conversation is Lindsay, her miscarriage, and her dating habits that summer. I was just thinking about the range of emotions that Lindsay must have gone through in a very short amount of time. You know, one day she's expecting to have a full-blown family, and the very next day, in the blink of an eye, she's not. Would it be so out of the question for Lindsay to come into the summer realizing that she was on the brink of becoming a mother, having her entire life change, and then think, you know, wow, that time is coming soon. This could be one of the last summers that I get to be completely selfish in what I want to do. And she wanted to have a hot hub summer. Now, I'm not saying that is what happened. Of course, I can never know from an outsider looking in, but I just don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. And so when they talk about the double standards where Luke can have multiple hookups, you know, Alex can, did Alex kiss? No, he just kissed Sierra. Poor Alex. (laughs) Alex did not have multiple hookups. Let's just stick to Luke. You know, Luke had multiple hookups. And Paige saying that Carl didn't do anything this summer, Luke really didn't do anything this summer. And Alex did so little that he was, you know, edited out of the show. God bless his heart. But I really just don't think it's fair for someone like Paige, who clearly does not like Lindsay, to say something like, Luke didn't have a miscarriage, as if Paige was concerned for her, which I don't think that Paige was. I think we can all agree. The way that Paige acted at the Summer House reunion was not out of concern. And Andy even said it, you know, he's like, your body language is wild. It was full concern to give Paige the right to judge Lindsay about her choices this summer. I thought that was a great point. I saw it um, on the dip.com on one of our community groups. We were talking about, you know, Paige specifically referencing Lindsay's miscarriage over and over and over again when it didn't seem like it sincerely came from a place of concern. I thought, like a lot of us, that Paige was downright mean at this reunion. Do I think Lindsay is 100% in the right? No, I don't. But she wasn't mean to people at the reunion. You know, I feel like Lindsay at least tried to listen and and get some resolve out of the situation. She stood her ground. She presented her side of the story, but she didn't act like Paige. They're, they took very, very different approaches. Um, and I'll just be real. I thought Paige was pretty bratty. And it's my opinion, you know, the clarification on what Paige meant to say when she said it was a brothel. In my opinion, the clarification did not make the comment any better or clearer. You know, the explanation of it really didn't make any sense to me. It doesn't matter who it's in reference to. It doesn't matter if it's in reference to Austin and then somebody else 10 minutes later. What does that have to do with the fact that you still made the comment? It's the same. Then they show the clip of the two of them at prom. You know, and they're having that moment. And Paige says, it doesn't matter that we go from guy to guy because we're trying. 
it's just such a stark contrast. Like if you were in that situation, you would be confused. If you are Lindsay in that situation and you have these moments with Paige, you would be confused, you know, as she was. Then we get to Paige's comment to Carl. What did you do this summer? And I was so glad that Carl checked her on it. You know, he said, what did I do? I was sober for the first time in the Hamptons. And she says, I wasn't coming at you for that. Kind of. Maybe not intentionally. But when you insinuate that someone didn't add to the dramatics of the show because they didn't have a dramatic year that involved love triangles or blow up fights, it's like, what else are you talking about? You know, for Paige to say, what did you do this summer? Well, Carl opened up about his sobriety, opened up about his dating, brought Mackenzie on. So it's like he didn't do nothing. Luke did nothing. Luke did nothing. He didn't do any of that. So for her to say that to Carl of all people, yeah, it does insinuate that whether she meant it or not. And then she says, it's so rude to even say that to me as if what you said was not rude to Carl. And it's actually not because that's how everyone perceived it. When she first said it, that's how I perceived it. All she had to say is, Carl, I'm sorry that comment hurt you. That is not at all what I meant by it. And I'm sorry. That's it. That's all she had to say. But she did not say that. She said, so rude to even say that to me, Carl. So defensive, so abrasive. And anytime that you enter a situation like that, to me, it doesn't even matter at that point if you are right or wrong. Because your energy doesn't allow people to see whether you're right or wrong. Carl is a real one. And I'm glad that he is sober. I'm glad that he is taking us along this journey with him. Look, just because you're on a reality TV show doesn't mean that you have to be a drunk idiot 24-7. Does it make for good TV sometimes? Yeah, but this is a reality show and I want people to be real on the reality show, which is why I like Carl. And that's why I like Lindsay. Ooh, okay. Um, sorry, that was a little bit of a tangent, but we get to the the part of the reunion where Andy says to her, your body language is wild. And like, we were all thinking it. She has a little bit of a like temper tantrum. She's like, I don't want to be on this side. Nobody likes me. Carl has been yelling at me. Carl was not yelling. Here's where I agree with Paige. She says, there's clearly a divide. That statement has some truth to it. And we will get into that at the end after I do the rest of the recap because she's not wrong there. So then they get into Austin and, you know, Paige and Sierra and Amanda's argument is that Lindsay kissed Austin maliciously because she knew how much Sierra was into him. Now, you cannot have it both ways. You cannot say that Lindsay and Danielle are unapproachable, clicky, they're in their own world, and then turn around and say, you should have known just how intense, specifically, Sierra's feelings for Austin were. Are they unapproachable and you don't talk to them about things? Or do you tell them specifically about your feelings? It could have been 
something like, well, Lindsay knows, Lindsay knows that there's something there. And that's what Lindsay alludes to a lot. She says, you know, I knew something, but I didn't know the depths of that. And I think that she's telling the truth because even, like I said, Paige, Sierra, and Amanda are all saying, you know, we can't go and talk to Lindsay about things. So if that's the case, how is Lindsay supposed to know the specific details about their relationship or lack of relationship? I think if anything, that just proves the point. Look, they're not close or they weren't at that moment. And I think the dinner table fight, Lindsay brings up the last time or to her knowledge that Sierra and Austin were together was five months ago. So to me, the way that is perceived is that, you know, like I've said a million times, they're not close. They haven't talked about Sierra's lingering feelings towards Austin. Lindsay knows that the last time they were together was five months ago. Now, were there whispers in the house that Sierra still had lingering feelings? Of course, everybody knew that. But I, ju- I just truly feel like you can't have it both ways and where they're unapproachable, but they're supposed to know everything about what's going on in- inside your head. Now, I think Lindsay could have handled some things better. I think that it's probably true that she does not live her life thinking, how will this affect Sierra? I don't think Sierra lives her life thinking, how would this affect Lindsay? I think Lindsay did apologize and she apologized on the show, which is why I was confused. And I, I and I agree with Amanda where I don't like the the I'm sorry if this hurt your feelings or whatever. But on the show, Lindsay says, I'm sorry for my part in it. From what I remember, there wasn't an if. So I don't know. Let's talk about Danielle butting in for Lindsay because I've been seeing this comment a lot, how people are like, Lindsay can speak for herself. Well, the same could be said about Sierra without Paige and Amanda butting in on behalf of Sierra because I feel like every time that Sierra is asked a question, and even Maya, Every time Sierra is asked a question, Sierra will start to explain and then Paige will say something and then Amanda will say something and then Maya will say something. But you expect Lindsay not to have one person there that will have her back on the situation? Okay, well, next week we will definitely get into part two. They end on Danielle and Sierra. Danielle says, I have a hatred for you. I think that that is an edited soundbite. It sounds a little bit pieced together. It sounds like the for you is very, um, you know, cut off. That's my conspiracy theory. And like I said, I think that both sides do make good arguments that are valid. I'm I'm not a blind Lindsay apologist. I'm not a blind page apologist. I like both of them for different reasons. But for me, it just boils down to the fact that they aren't good friends. Should Lindsay and Danielle live their lives to please Paige and Sierra and vice versa? Never gonna happen. Um, you know, do you think if the tables were turned and Paige said to Sierra, look, this would really hurt Lindsay's feelings that Sierra wouldn't do it? I mean, she did it in Vermont. And the argument there is, well, Lindsay was fine with it. Do you know that? Did it hurt Lindsay's feelings then? Because I feel like Lindsay doesn't really ever show if her feelings are hurt. And we've talked about this on episodes before, you know. Anytime Lindsay has gone through a breakup, you know, she went through a traumatic life experience this season having a miscarriage. She never gets emotional ever. 
I've never seen Lindsay cry. Sierra, on the other hand, wears her emotions on her sleeve. So I just think that the two of them would never get along. Say what you want about her, but she is unapologetic in who she is, Lindsay, and she does share everything. And in reality TV shows, those are the kinds of people that you have to give credit where credit is due. I mean, right before I jumped on this podcast, I saw that Lindsay's nominated for Best Reality TV Star. Uh, Oh, if wine glasses weren't thrown before, I can imagine they are being thrown now. Um, Let's get into something that I think Paige really did get right, and that is the divide in the house. Uh, Samantha Bush from Bravo Historian did a lovely full-length article on thedip.com about Paige and Lindsay's past. I will link it in... Uh, the show notes. And right now it's 95% off if you use the promo code spring. So you can join for, I think like $3, but um, a lot of this information is coming from that source, my girl, Sam. Okay. So season three is when Paige is brand new to the house. She came in with Hannah Burner. Um, Lindsay has been a main character since season one. And before season three, Kyle sent that 17 page email to everyone when they arrived to the house saying, you know, everyone's supposed to have fun and basically asking everyone to be kind to his girlfriend, Amanda, which was a dig at Lindsay and Danielle, because back in the day, I guess Lindsay had unfollowed Amanda prior to season three. And Amanda was saying that Lindsay would crop her out of photos and wouldn't really spend any time with her uh, at events during the winter, you know, when they're not filming. They all had a big fight in season three about Carl. This is when Paige and Carl had like a little thing, you know, Carl couldn't commit. So Paige was flirting with some other guys in front of him. Carl goes to his BFF, Lindsay, and Lindsay says, put Paige on ice. Amanda and Paige over here, that sentence, put Paige on ice, and all hell breaks loose. They have this huge fight. You know, that's kind of when the lines in the sand were being drawn, if you will. Ultimately, Paige and Lindsay make up, you know, but Lindsay really just feels that there is that divide in the group, but that it's due to age and maturity. So she thought that Paige, Hannah, and Amanda were too young and immature to be direct with her, which is all that she wanted. So then we go to season four and we get Jules. Jules, poor Jules, who almost got kicked out of the house because she couldn't connect with the people there. You know, once again, somebody coming in, trying to be friends with these people. And she said, it's just a tough group to, to crack. I mean, Jules was only, was a one hit wonder one season. Then she was out of there because apparently they weren't that welcoming. There's this scene also in season four where Hannah and Lindsay go to get laser hair removal. And Hannah's telling Lindsay everything that happened the weekend before. Carl lost his cool, basically kicked Jordan out of the house, but that upset Jules, who pulled Hannah to the side and told her that Paige and Amanda said that, Jules, you don't connect in the house with anyone, and that Hannah would pick Jordan over you in the long run. And Lindsay's reaction to that is Paige and Amanda are very clicky. So this divide has been long in the making. The Luke and Hannah debacle in season four, Paige and Lindsay on very different sides of the aisle. Paige wanted to step in because Luke was playing Hannah. Lindsay said, let Hannah figure out her relationship on her own. And remember um, the toast or the roast, excuse me. Paige's roast to Lindsay was like, Lindsay, 
When anyone thinks of you, the word fake never comes to mind, except for when they're talking about your boobs, your lips, and your personality. Lindsay didn't really react in the moment, but then Paige goes in again, and she's like, you know, in honor of roasting everyone, I want to clear the air. She basically puts Lindsay on blast, saying that Lindsay said Paige was a bad friend, and that's when we got the, Hannah and I will never fight, and this clique that you hated so much, you were so happy, was fighting on Sunday because you're so jealous of it, we'll never fight, you know, that whole scene. There are more examples, but my God, I can't get into them all. Sam did such a great job (laughs) writing them all out. So like I said, I'll add that article in the show notes. It is a juicy read. So last but certainly not least, what do I think of Paige since dating Craig? My theory stays the same. I think that Craig made his feelings towards Lindsay known when Lindsay accidentally blew the lid off of the Kristen Cavallari situation. Craig called her a loser. The two never recovered their friendship from that moment. I think all of the history between Lindsay and Paige, they were always able to get over things, but now we have Craig in the mix. And when you already have a little bit of rocky terms with someone and then your significant other who you're in a very serious relationship also is not good with that person, I feel like the animosity just builds and builds and builds and builds. And now for Paige, it's at a point of no return. I think there's a reason we haven't seen Paige act like that on a reunion until now. It was very much giving Southern Charm season seven, you know, where Craig really comes at Madison. And it's hard for me because in the past I have liked Craig. I still like Craig. I guess I just don't like how his feelings are changing Paige's perception of Lindsay. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not in that freaking summer house, but my God, is it interesting to watch. Okay. Actually, before we wrap up one more thing, there are some things that we didn't see that you guys wanted me to address. Palm Tree Festival. Everyone was like, why didn't we see Palm Tree Festival? I can't confirm. They actually did not film that for the show. Um, They just all went together and it seems like everybody got along there. So that's why you didn't see Palm Tree Festival. I also think that's where Kyle and Amanda got COVID because it was three weeks before their wedding. Part two of the Summer House reunion next week. I cannot wait. I'm sad that it's over, but my gosh, has it been juicy. Okay, finally to wrap up this week from the Hollywood Raw podcast, we have Dax Holt and Adam Glenn. They both spent years at TMZ. Dax as an entertainment reporter, Adam as a street journalist. The story these guys shared with me are priceless. So let's get into it. Here is Dax and Adam from Hollywood Raw. Thank you so much for coming on this week. Yeah, thanks for having us. Of course. Of course. Now, you guys have a lot of experience with TMZ. Before we really jump into Hollywood headlines, I want to hear your stories, how you guys both ended up there and what you did for them. Go for it, Adam. My story is very, very weird. I graduated school and college in 2006 with a PR degree. Couldn't get a job, couldn't get an interview. Went a few years with no job, just doing odd jobs to make money. And then I went back to school, got my teaching certification, still couldn't get a job, couldn't get an interview. 
during this entire time, I was doing stand-up comedy all through college, and I did a show in 2009. Someone in the crowd said, you seem funny, not threatening, you know pop culture. Would you be interested in a job at TMZ? I said, listen, man, I'll do anything for health insurance. And uh, at that time, Perez Hilton was really big. I grew up with it. You know, I knew where celebs were going. I was out in New York City. And they called me, they literally called me on a Friday night and like, Hey, you still interested in this job? And I said, yeah, sure. And they, all right, you start tomorrow. They gave me a two week contract. They threw a camera in my hand. I didn't get arrested. I didn't get into any <laughs> fights. And they're like, okay, this guy's, you know, he's, I guess we could give him a, a three-year contract. And I got a contract, three-year contract. Didn't do bad. Then I re-signed with them. And, um, and that's what I do. You know, I still, I don't work with teams anymore, but I work for myself and I run around the streets with my camera. And I do celebrity interviews that are raw, real and kind of guerrilla style, but it's like, I'm the, uh, in, so, in some ways like the ghetto Jimmy Fallon. I don't have a nice desk. <laughs> I'm just riding around on a city bike, but I make it work. You know, it's fun. It's cool. It's exciting. You know, I, like after this interview, I got to run out and try to get someone. So it's, uh, you know, but the thing is, as you know, um, if you wanted to interview Oprah, if you want to interview Brad Pitt, if you want to interview Adam Sandler, if you want to interview, you know, Jennifer Aniston, you call their publicist and say, hey, would you like, we'd love to interview. I'd love to interview. The first person will pick up the phone and say, sorry, we're not interested to click. But I realized if I get to them, if I find them, then they could possibly talk to me. So I put myself in uh, positions where luck is sort of on my side and I'm able to uh, talk to the biggest people in the world. That's amazing. What about you, Dad? It's weird. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Uh, it was my first job out of college, so I I, I needed an internship for uh, for college for college credit courses, and uh, I got a job at Extra, the other the, like the sister show with TMZ, the other entertainment show. And uh, about a week before I got there, busted both my ankles doing gymnastics, literally dislocated both my ankles at the same time in front of a, a line of kids, and then. Um, and started there on crutches. And next thing you know, someone said, hey, go meet Harvey. He's starting this new little website. No one's ever heard of it. It could be something. He likes helping interns out. And I hobbled up to Harvey, put out my hand and said, hey, I heard you're the guy of the meet. And next thing you know, I was doing a red carpet for P it was a PETA event. And I got to interview every single person on the red carpet because I was the gimp out on the red carpet <laughs> on crutches. So Pam Anderson came up to me and Pink and Dennis Rodman and Kristen Cavallari. And it was just like person after person after person. And so next thing you knew, Harvey was like, I don't know how the hell you pulled this off, uh, but I need you on the team. And a couple months later, I graduated and started the next day at TMZ. Well, it wasn't TMZ at the time. It was just a website soon to become TMZ. And then we launched. And I mean, that thing just took off like a rocket ship. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the websites that I check every single day as I'm doing my own stuff online content creating. I think it's so interesting that you both have two completely different paths, but you still are doing the same thing in different capacities. And I'm trying to figure out which one is more nerve wracking. Is it more nerve wracking for Adam, you to run up to somebody on the street? Or is it more nerve wracking for you, Dax, to be on a red carpet waiting for, you know, the next celebrity to pass through? Oh, um, I think what Adam does is way more nerve wracking because the, the problem is having to think on your feet. When you're on a red carpet, you see them coming and you're like, okay, wh what is my question going to be for Jennifer Lawrence? Okay, let me think about this. Or you already, you know the guest list. Adam, on the other hand, a celeb walks out and it might surprise him. And he has to think of a question between the time that they get from the door to him before they get in the car. So I think that is the most nerve wracking job. Adam, George Clooney just walked out. What do you ask him? I would say, George, 
<laughs> when Dax, Dax and I always, I would say, jo- uh, George, what's the last movie you auditioned for? I say, George, uh, at what point did you say I'm not going to color your hair? You're just going to go straight salt and pepper. You know, like this is the type of stuff that I do. Morgan, I, give him a name. Go. Kanye. Uh, uh, <laughs> Kanye, who's the one? Who's the last person you reached out to who said they didn't want to work with you? Kanye, uh, are you are you single? Kanye, what's the, what's the best date you ever put out for a girl? Like, how do you, you know, do like, that? I, I don't know how he does it. He's crazy, Morgan. I don't know how he pulls this shit off. Honestly, it's I'm so me. I talk to other people that have done similar stuff to what I do, and it's such a rush to what I do. Like, there's adrenaline to it. And I think I'm addicted to the adrenaline of it because, you know, on a red carpet, they, they're they sort of expected to talk to you. Not not all the times, you know, as you guys know, are they going to talk to you, but they're sort of expected to at least give you the option to give you their time. When I'm on the street, I don't know if they're going to talk to me. And the thing is, if they don't talk to me, I don't get paid. Like that's how I, mon- I monetize it. So it's it, there's definitely a rush element to it. And it's it's fun and it's like exciting and it's fun to beat the outlets. And you know, like that's what I'm uh, obsessed with. I'm addicted to it. It's it's funny when like you know I'm breaking stories or getting these interviews before you know Good Morning America and the Today Show. Like I'm a, and I'm just some schmuck on the street. You know, it's great. Has anybody ever been a really big jerk to you? <laughs> yeah, where I mean, do you yeah. want the list? Let's let's. <laughs> Who's let's, been the, let's the, the worst of the worst? I want to hear like the horror story. Here's what I'll say. I'll say 90 percent of the people are very cool and very very nice. Five percent aren't into it, which I respect. The other five percent aren't uh, good people. Uh, you know, and uh, they're just not really the. And it's not like crazy names like. Like Claire Danes, she sucks. I'm gonna be honest with you, she sucks. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is not the warmest of dudes, you know. Like I think really? he's just, I think he puts on, uh, uh, you know, puts on a little little disguise when he's on the red carpet, and you want him to be charming, but he's not really that warm of a guy. You know what we've decided, Morgan? It's it's these it's the people that aren't the A-listers. Those are the the jerks out there. It's the people that just came into fame really quickly mm-hmm. and they feel like they need to be jerks. Does that make sense? Like it's these reality stars that just had overnight success and they're, you know, and again, I've never had a run in with Snooki, but I know that she's had some awkward run ins with people, but it's like she became super famous so quickly that she turned people off. Again, every inner encounter I've had with Snooki was good. I'm just saying, for example, that that quick shoot to fame can kind of taint someone. Yeah, Daxon always said, I mean, I always tell Daxon, I, I think he's got similar experiences. The bigger this celebrity, the cooler they are. And that says a little bit to maybe why they got to that point. Uh, for example, Oprah. You know, Oprah is an, Oprah's great. She's awesome. Kim Kardashian is actually really, really nice. Like, she's good to the fans. Like, I'm pro Kim. I think Kim is great. She's good to everyone. Morgan she's hates just, Kim, by the way. No, so I don't. I don't. I don't. But <laughs> I have my own opinions. But we'll get into that in a second. We will. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson's a nice guy. Pete's oh, great. Careful, uh, careful. Sh- Shaquille O'Neal. I know, I know Morgan hates Pete and Kim. I know. I, I listen to her pod. I listen to the podcast. I know. But I have to say, like, they're actually nice people. Like, they're they're pleasant. You I know? don't and doubt the, that they're nice people. And I feel like they both probably are very nice separately. I just hate them as a couple because I feel like they represent, you know, polar opposites of the celebrity world. You know, you have Pete Davidson who looks like he just rolls out of bed every day at like 1115 in the morning. And then you have Kim who I feel like you know, can't go out the door unless she's looking her absolute best, which she really doesn't have to try to do. But I just, I just don't see them 
meshing together. I mean, when you guys interact with these people face to face, can you ever tell a vibe if it's a PR relationship? Because I am fully convinced that they are one. I think that he was in the right place at the right time with her. I think she was miserable with Kanye for so long, never wanted to end the marriage because it makes her look bad. It makes him look bad. I think they just suffered and suffered and suffered. And so finally, when it was like, I can't, I absolutely can't do this anymore. And like, we're going to let the world know. I think Pete was there. And I think that Pete made her laugh. And I think that making her laugh went a long way because this wasn't just someone giggling at a joke. This is someone who's like, I haven't felt alive in a long time. Mm. And you're making me feel really good inside. And so I'm attracted to the laughter and the funniness and being around you. And I think it just worked. As for them being total opposites, 100% agree with you. They are opposite. I don't know if this will be a long-term relationship, but I think they're both having a really good time as, as it goes on. Well, Dax, do you want to talk about the story that we uh, we broke? Or? Yes. You, so, you want, I mean, you want you a little say... excuse, exclusive, Morgan? The answer is always yes. <laughs> we, uh, we just broke a story um, that Pete just left uh, his management group, uh, which is a really big deal because our sources are saying that he's going to be joining with Kris Jenner, no! having her as the manager. <laughs> quit i will quit entertainment reporting right now pack your bags morgan time to get out <laughs> isn't that, get that crazy? real estate license <laughs> that so. is crazy what happens if they break up under those circumstances i mean listen it's i mean not look the at first scott person yeah know? Scott broke up with Courtney, but they still have – I mean, Scott technically isn't really represented by Chris, but he still has a very good relationship with the family. He's, you know, if you watch the show, he's very close with Chloe. Um, but, yeah, this is uh, this is what's going on right now. I'm sure. And let's say, let me say this. Like, he's with – well, he was with very, very big representation. He was with the same team that represents Adam Sandler, Brad Pitt, like – Bill Maher, like just even comedians, like this is probably the you know top you know Brillstein, management. right? Brillstein management, yeah, that's who he was yeah. with, and and the thing is on his on his IMDb, he was with them registered under their name for year like for a very long time. I don't know if it was years or whatever. Just recently, their name has now disappeared. I'm shocked, and I'm never at a loss for words. But explain to the listeners what. Exactly, that means moving forward. I, I, you guys, you just literally melted my brain. <laughs> well, the the thing is that Chris Jenner is the mastermind behind the Kardashians, behind every every deal that they do. You got to imagine Chris gets ten percent of all of it, and um, having Pete sign on as as his manager, that means that she is now the puppet master for also. Pete and Skeet and everything in between. <laughs> and so that means that she's going to be marketing them as a couple, but also individually as much as possible. I mean, and it's not the first time. Didn't Wasn't uh, who else was repped? Did, uh, Kanye went to, to Chris for a little while too, right? I forget what happened with Kanye because Kanye went to Scooter Braun. I forget. There's briefly a stunt where Chris was representing like um, a new girl group, like a pussycat type group. Um, but this is just, you know, like he's now in the family. Like this is like 
you're you're working for this the family. This sol- solidifies him in the family. So are you guys telling me they're not a PR relationship? <laughs> it doesn't mean they're not a PR relationship because if you're going to be a PR relationship, you might who do you well want be as your PR by manager? The same people, right? Right. The Jenner and the Kardashians, absolutely. I'm curious. Have you guys ever had any run-ins with Kanye? Yeah, I've had a bunch. Um, you know, Kanye. From my experience, you know, when you see a lot of rappers, usually a lot of rappers have a big entourage. Uh, Kanye is always low key. It's either him by himself, him maybe him with sometimes a bodyguard, not all the times with a bodyguard. Uh, we actually had one of his bodyguards on our podcast, which ha- the guy had insane stories. Well, ad- you know, we'll get into that. But from my experiences dealing with Kanye. I hate to call some of these people artists who say they're artists, but Kanye is an artist. Is he insane? Yeah, but I mean, he's got some issues going on, which we all do. But nobody works harder than Kanye. And honestly, he's been pretty, he's actually very like approachable. And it sounds crazy. Like if you see him at a party, like you could walk up to Kanye. No one's going to stop you from going up to Kanye. Like he's like a normal person, which I respect. You know, and he's been like that for years. Like this is like, you know, I've been dealing with him for over 10 years now. He's always been pretty decent. Like, he's pretty decent to the fans. Like, he's he's not bad. He's not bad. Actually, one day was funny. He was he was working out at the Equinox in Soho, and so is Dave Chappelle. And all of a sudden, Dave Chappelle gets done first. And um, Dave was smoking a cigarette outside. I go, hey, Dave, Kanye's inside. He goes, get out. He goes, all right, I'll wait for Kanye. You know, I was like, he should probably be coming out soon. So Chappelle starts waiting for Kanye. And as I'm standing with Dave Chappelle waiting for Kanye, which sounds ridiculous, is like I'm just standing with Dave Chappelle. You have to understand what I do. Like I'm like just around. This is what I do. Kanye walks out. I'm like Kanye, Kanye, and he's jumping. He's about to jump in his car. I go, Kanye, don't leave. Dave Chappelle's over there. He wants to say hi. He goes, where? So I bring Kanye to go talk to Dave Chappelle, and it was just kind of like this wild situation. And then like Kanye was kind of appreciative, like, hey, here's this guy on the street that introduced me to like brought me to Chappelle they started talking and then actually Kanye gave me an interview and then I got him a photo with I got a photo with Kanye but he's no he's he's great I've had way more interactions with Kim than I have of Kanye Kim I've ran into met I she used to follow me on Twitter that she was one of the main reasons that my Twitter following just even grew because she was following me everyone started following me I mean we were we were tight for a while and then Kanye came in the picture and then that's when she actually unfollowed me. Oh, so Kanye must have made her unfollow you, Dax. Uh, well, I don't know about that. I think she cleaned house when she got to be- together with Kanye. She just went through and like deleted everyone she was following. <laughs> that's true. They did both strangely only follow each other for a while, but... It's all right, Dax. She deleted Chris Humphreys too. So it's... Uh... <laughs> All right, I want to get into some other hot takes from you guys. What do you think about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial? And this is the first time that I've ever talked about the trial on the pod because I wanted to wait until I really got, you know, the all the facts in front of me even though I don't even really know what the facts are, but I've been too afraid to talk about it. We'll put it that way. Well, yeah, so I mean, think- and that's why we came on this podcast because we know Morgan, that you're a Team Amber podcast. So we wanted to come on here to talk about it and really, you know, support you about this. <laughs> the hate on uh, line two. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you just lost all your audience. Uh, no, it's it's a crazy story. It's, it's, this it's insane. Is, to me, I think that this is the 
craziest saga of a celeb trial I think I've seen in a long time. I mean, this this rivals like the O.J. Simpson trial in regards to just people watching, obsessed with it, hanging on every word. I think if there was social media back in the O.J. trial, you would see every clip turned into memes and like people uh, dissecting every part of it because that's what this has become. What I take away from this is that Amber Heard poops in really weird locations (laughs) is really what it comes down to. Now, I, you know, I I don't know, like, who to believe at the end of the day. Um, I think that both of them are crazy. And I think that we're seeing how crazy they were. And I question every day why the hell Johnny Depp decided he wanted to push forward to have all of his dirty laundry aired out in front of the public on a daily basis, other than he wanted to take her down with him. He already felt like he lost his reputation, his career, everything. He goes, bitch, if I'm going down, you're going down with me. Well, I think it's super interesting, too, because, you know, it's not a it's not an abuse case. It's not a domestic violence case that they're there discussing. It's a defamation case, which from everything that I'm gathering online is one of the hardest cases to actually win. So again, I don't think he's doing it to win. I think he's doing it to hurt her reputation just as much as his has been ruined. All right. Well, I'll leave uh, you, Amber, stands to yourself, um, but we'll move on to another hot take. I want to get your guys' opinions on Britney Spears and Sam and what's going on with this prenup. Do you think he's stalling on purpose? Do you think that he is shady? Opinions. I, You know what? I was very free Britney in the beginning. You know, like I was like, oh, free Britney. Everyone's jumping on free Britney. All right. Yeah. Free Britney. Free Britney. Then as soon as she gets freed. You know, you see what she starts to post on social media. I'm like, ooh, maybe we uh, we did a little too early. I don't know. It's uh, there's definitely something going on there. Do I think Sam's like an interesting dude? Like, I I feel like he loves the attention. He like if you DM him, he responds. Which like he um, I, I it's just interesting. He he doesn't hide. He talks. I think he enjoys it. But I think he's very good at handling like paparazzi running up to him on the streets and ask him about Britney. Do I think he's stalling? No, because I think he's just trying to get the best deal. I think he just wants to make sure that he, you know, he's been waiting so long already. I think he just wants to make sure that, like, everything's on the table and he's making the best decision. I don't think people realize how hard it is to do a prenup. You know, like, especially with someone like Britney Spears, who's worth... $300 million and she's already gone through so much shit that I think that she wants to protect herself. Mm -hmm. He wants to also feel like I'm coming into this relationship. I also don't want to just be like thrown to the curb if she decides, oh, she doesn't like me anymore. Like, you know, I think that both parties want to feel protected and want to feel like they're, you know, getting their best interest involved. And I think that it's difficult. And so Who knows how much paperwork you have to go through, but I know this is it's going to take time and it's it's not going to go quickly. Speaking of paperwork, let's do one more hot take. I need to know what you guys thought about Olivia Wilde being served custody papers on stage (laughs) by Jason Sudeikis. Someone messed up. Someone no, messed up. Bad. Someone, someone's an a-hole. Someone, someone's in trouble. To. Okay, who is I the mean, someone though? Are we are we putting the blame on you know the person serving the papers? Are we putting the blame on Jason? Like, at the end of the day, whose fault is that? Listen, Jason had to have known at a certain point. Even if he says, "I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know," 
there's somewhere that he knew. She was not even announced as going to be there, and somehow that process server was sitting in the front row waiting for her. That's some insider information right there. So don't tell me he had no idea. I think that there could have been a thousand other ways to do this. I think there could have been, you know, and I'm not saying during a actual handoff of the children, but let me get the kids. Now you walk back to your car. Oh, and someone gets you when you're by yourself walking back to your car. I just think that there, she is such a, a public figure and doing it in a public forum like that was pretty messed up. But I think it was done on purpose to embarrass her because if you think about it, he's feeling very embarrassed right now that she's with Harry freaking Styles and he's the one by himself. Yeah, I think she's definitely embarrassed how the Harry Styles situation came about. Remember, there was speculation. Then we saw the photos like at the wedding for I think it was his manager. Uh, it was like I think we were all shocked like, whoa. And, you know, Jason Sudeikis is then also the next, you know, I know just coming from the journalist point of view, the next day, like all the photographers wanted to get photos of Jason Sudeikis and just that shot of him walking down the street alone, just not even smiling is maybe it just wasn't thinking about it. Like that sold the story and like Jason unhappy. So he was, I have to imagine there was a lot of embarrassment with the way it panned out, especially going from Olivia Wilde going younger, going to Harry Styles. Don't, don't be wrong. It's Harry Styles. Huge right. star, but the whole thing's crazy. Is there any world that, you know, Olivia gets served these papers on stage in front of everybody. And yes, she's embarrassed, but also, yes, she's thinking, this is great publicity for me and my new movie that I'm here promoting. I think in the initial moment, no. I think the initial moment you're embarrassed and you're like, oh, God, why is this happening? And then knowing that everyone knows that's why. Because she played it off really well. If you she watch great. that video, she kept her shit together. And she like looked at it and said, okay, okay. And then just kept going. Like didn't throw her off at all, which was kind of shocking to me. Um, but I think after the fact, she goes, you know what? Everyone knows about my movie. Everyone knows what's going on. And I look like the good guy mm -hmm. in the crappy situation. See, I, I sort of have a different opinion on that. And the reason is, is first I was surprised that everyone knew that she got served papers because like, I remember seeing like the photo, of the back of it, it was hard to tell like, Oh, she just got served on stage. She handled it so well. Stone face. Like, you know, like if you're just watching, you didn't know what was going on. She just handled it very well. But then somehow we all knew, Oh, she just got served on stage. With that said, I feel like as an actress, you don't want your personal life to take be ahead of your acting life. You know, for example, you don't want to see Olivia Wilde in a movie and say that's Olivia Wilde. You want to see the character. So I, I don't think it necessarily promoted the movie as much. Oh, stop uh, it, Adam. No, Any press dude, Lindsay Lohan, press. Lindsay stop Lohan it. is an amazing actress. The only problem is when Lindsay Lohan plays a role, you don't see the character. You see Lindsay Lohan. So I think that's yeah, but what that's is, not a reflection of her looking bad because she got served papers in her personal life. She's still a good actress, no matter if she's got drama. Everyone's got drama. So do you think that there's a good guy and a bad guy in the situation with Olivia and Jason? Like, whose team are you on? Harry Styles team. For yeah, sure. I think that's definitely the answer. Yeah, he's just he's hotter <laughs> right now. So I got to go for the hotter team. I got to go for the Yankees. Harry Styles. <laughs> 
Well, Dax, Adam, thank you so much for joining MPT. You guys, please check them out on their podcast, Hollywood Raw. Leave them a review, a five-star rating. Um, Tell the people where else they can find you guys if they want to follow along and then hopefully not unfollow like Kim did to you, Dax. Oh, God, just rubbing it in again. (laughs) Hurts every time. No, uh, you can follow us, obviously, at Hollywood Raw on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We got a TikTok up where we break the latest news. Uh, We got a YouTube page. Um, But mostly, you know, come follow us uh, on our podcast. That's kind of where we uh, are are just crushing it and having a lot of fun interviews. And we'd love to invite you to come join us in one of our raw rundowns. I think that'd be really fun. It's kind of, you know, get your take on some of our our stories as well. Um, But yeah, come follow us. Hollywood Raw. I would love to. Thank you. Adam, where can they find you at, friend? Yeah, you can find me at, at Adam Glynn, G-L-Y-N. I got a YouTube, Adam's Apple, where you see all my celebrity interviews on the street. As I'm talking to you, I'm getting text messages if I want to go run out and shoot someone. So I'll get a shower and Who real is quick, it? try to get someone. Um, Tell us. Uh, Post Malone. Woo! The dad to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got to ask about that. So... Um, that's pretty awesome. I'm going to go get Post Malone and dress like gym shorts and a gym t-shirt. But I, um, yeah, you can check out my YouTube, Adam's Apple, where I just post all my celebrity interviews. Make sure you follow Hollywood Raw to see some of our other content as well. I'm at, at Adam Glenn, G-O-I-N on Instagram, Dax Holt, D-A-X-H-L-T. Morgan, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, guys. I can't wait to join you on your podcast, too. I'm going to take you up on it. Let's do it. And we we just want to be a better guest than Andrea. That's that, At the end of the day, we want you to tell other people <laughs> they are my favorite guests of all time. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen his abs? <laughs> Have you seen Adam's? I, I mean, haven't. You never know. I don't know. <laughs> At least I got scoliosis of the abs or something. I don't know. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks. Just a reminder, bonus episode this Friday, we will be discussing The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season premiere. Also, don't forget, if you want to get in on the dip.com, that's where all the good stuff happens. Uh, promo code SPRING right now gets you 95% off for a whole year subscription. So if you want to do it, now is the time. You can go to my community group, Morgan's Pop Talks. I'm always posting in there too. We can just talk about it all. And thank you again for listening. Leave a review, a five-star rating, and we'll see you back next week. Love you like a sis. Bye. Bye.